Hey, race fans, you are listening to F Yeah F1, a Formula One podcast by two Americans who still don't really know anything. Uh, <laughs> I'm Ryan Silverstein. I'm here with my buddy Ian Kimball. F Yeah F1. Uh, and we are kicking off the new season of our show by recapping the Netflix documentary series Drive to Survive season three. Uh, we've been going two at a time. Uh, on our show so uh this episode will be covering episode seven gunther's choice and episode eight no regrets yeah so ian uh what did you think about gunther's choice an episode that we were both like looking forward Uh, to and nervous about watching (laughs) i was so excited to watch it because i mean gunther steiner is just the most unfiltered human that has ever lived and i love everything about him and, like, I feel like if he spoke English, like, like if English was his first language, because I think he's pretty fluent, mm-hmm. with at least the curse words. But, like, if he, if he spoke English as his first language, I think he would come off as way more of a dick. But the fact that he's, like, trying, he's so fucking mad. And he's trying to find the words to say yeah. because he can't. And he's just like, the fuck, fuck, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's so brilliant and i love it so much i love everything about him i feel He's like his favorite. the the two english words that he uses most are fuck and bullshit yeah yeah sometimes like in rapid succession back to back with one another yeah exactly He's like it's fuck it's bullshit it's fuck <laughs> bullshit uh I I mean, and I feel like I became a fan of Gunther Steiner literally at the same time I became a fan of Formula One. Like just seeing him in that like first or second episode of the first season of Drive to Survive, I was like, yeah, oh, I relate to this guy big time. I also have a job that is extremely frustrating at times because people I can't like I can't trust other people just to not screw up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's, if if like, any of my coworkers are listening, I'm not talking about you, I swear. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you are. You um, No, it's, I mean, it, they kind of actually, because I do want to say that I think that they really made, in the first two seasons, they kind of made a character out of him, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what stood out to me this season, and especially this episode, because this episode is all Haas. Yep. Um, and it's rare. Like, I think the majority of these episodes has, have kind of been two stories mm-hmm. um, that they kind of switch over uh, halfway through. Uh, the only one before this that was like pretty much one story all the way through was Gasly's episode. Uh, and the um, Bottas episode. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like that still. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I, I think that that kind of leaned a little bit into Mercedes as a team. But like, yeah, you're right. That makes yeah, sense. And, and this does have uh alfa romeo stuff sort of like uh, having a little bit in this episode they kind of lumped the two teams together in a way that i thought was interesting but this episode is like 90 percent haas where most of the other ones are like you know 30 like you know uh 
split into like thirds almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like with that, you know, I, I kind of more than ever felt bad for Gunther mm-hmm. because like you see the pressure that Gene Haas is putting him under, under to like find sponsors, like, like, a half hour before a race he's on phone calls trying to find sponsors so that they can get money mm-hmm. so that they can keep putting the car together because they keep fucking crashing it but you know or things break because they're just buying parts or whatever but like you you know like i feel really bad for him because it's like oh my like he's got the heat of this guy coming down on him like hey find a sponsor's and do appearances and make calls mm-hmm. and sit with people for dinners and like travel around and like meet these people. Also, while you're doing that, make the cars better so that like we win more races wa- and the people, so that we people want to sponsor the cars. Right. And like, make sure our cars yeah. finish the races. And yeah, I, I really like the way that you phrased that before that, like the first two seasons of the show sort of made Gunther into like a character the, to the point where I feel like it got like, it's been like heated online like because at first everyone was like oh we love him he's so like unfiltered and like real and then like i feel like after last season of driver survive people were like oh like gunther's like kind of a jerk and like like i feel like it it turned just a little bit and i think that all leads up to that moment in the second season where uh, the glass door gets smashed by someone for sure uh you know in the haas trailer and i think I think it feels like they make a, made a conscious effort to sort of walk that back a little bit this season. Yeah, that way. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, as they should have, you mm-hmm. know, as they should have. It was good that they kind of walked that back because, again, like, they show the, the pressure that the dude's under and how much shit's going on with him. It's ridiculous. And, and also, I think how much he really cares for uh, Magnuson and Roman Grosjean. That was the second point I was going to make okay. is that they really emphasized how like this group of people is a family. Like they've mm-hmm. been the same team for like four or five years and yep. barely anyone's changed. And they were saying that they were like, mm-hmm. if you know, you know, like you, you go there and you don't leave, like it's impossible to get in impossible to get out because like nobody ever mm-hmm. leaves because it's a big family. Yep. And that's very interesting to me because it's like, they, uh, you know, they're not, they're not even a midfield team really. Right. And they know? were sort yeah. of a midfield team like that first, you know, what was that? The 28. It was last season. season? Not- well, 2019 2018 season yeah yeah like you know bad in the beginning yeah and in the 2017 season they came close to winning to like at least getting a put like it felt like in 2017 that like oh next year or the year after like they're gonna get a podium you'd think man but then like all these other teams are keeping up and like yeah constantly leveling up you know and i feel like their car has has not improved as much um i think the handling seems like a disaster it seems worse seems like it's getting worse and then you know they're a victim of the ferrari relationship with that ferrari penalty about the power unit so like whatever it's like whatever speed they were they had sort of you know i guess illegally um like that was maybe overshadowing some of the actual defects with some of the other parts of the car and now that that you took you take that away and you know like they're basically barely finishing ahead of williams right 
all right. six of them. Yeah. Like they're usually if they're finishing the race, they're like uh 17 and 18. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I mean, like, you know, it says something that they are a big family unit and that they all like being together and like hanging out together and you know even when things aren't going well for them race weekend like that's still a bit like everybody knows everybody there Mm -hmm. you know and like they seem like they really had it together so it kind of made it hard especially when they showed i I really liked when they showed the uh meeting with the german investors and they're like well we want to see a german driver in the car yep and it was like oh shit you know what i mean (laughs) like immediately it was like because you saw it on gunther's face like he has said a hundred times every weekend, like I should just get rid of these fucking drivers, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't, he didn't no. want to. No, he's, then, a to- he's a total dad. He's like, it's not that yeah. I hate you or I'm mad at you. I'm really frustrated because I know you can do better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then like you look at who they got and it's like, they got Mick Schumacher and like, you want a German yep. driver and Mick is on his way up. It's like, and you can have a Schumacher. Yep. Like, People will, and they know that like people will give him money just because his last name's Schumacher. Yeah, and because they know that like his dad will, uh, you know, show up to races. Well, I don't well, think so. Oh, uh, wait, what am I thinking? Yeah, of? dude, Michael Schumacher has never left. He doesn't. He lives indoors now, man. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't go outside. He doesn't go. In. I don't think he'll ever be to a race again. Yeah, no, I because I was just thinking because he was in the footage that they were showing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, that would so be like, it would be completely yeah. fucking insane if they wheeled him into an F one race. I mean, I yeah, I mean, but uh, having the name alone and just like people, it's having the people know him, it, yeah. it's like the Schumachers are like the petties of oh yeah uh, Formula One. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're like but just like bigger (laughs) right i mean even more successful i mean yeah yeah you know i feel like it's a name that people know even though they don't even if they don't follow formula one yeah yeah you know earnhardt if you that's true if you don't know anything about racing you know earnhardt you know petty you know but yeah schumacher Schumacher, and then schumacher yeah and andretti like those are those are the names you know what i mean that's like um and it's again like that's the thing i was talking about in one of our previous episodes where you know, we don't think of Formula One as having a sort of like patriotic bent to it. I guess, mm-hmm. I guess you could say because we're in a we're in a, we're Americans and like nominally we care about Haas because they're an American-owned team. But like, yeah, there's no American drivers in F1. There probably never will be. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's cool. It's interesting to see it from that angle of the you know a German sponsor being like, we want a German driver in the car. Like mm-hmm. you know, again, like like we've talked about, people from their like rooting for drivers from their home country. We see it in this episode too with, you know, Giovinazzi like driving an Alfa Romeo is like a big deal because he's an Italian F1 driver, and like Italy oh, yeah. and Ferrari specifically are like so tied to the sport you know and sort of like having any sort of italian team or italian driver like is like a big deal you know it's like a oh well i mean it's like i was saying earlier like if if anybody is ever curious like once you know maybe not this year i imagine but next year once like covid bans are lifted if anybody wants to know what a crowd is like Mm -hmm. watch watch the italian crowd at monza just be there like just just watch out to you because it is a sea of people 
wearing like big giant or like waving giant Ferrari flags and like lighting shit on fire and just it's a sea of red and it's tens of thousands of people screaming for Ferrari at Monza. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, growing up in Philly, it's like it's like Eagles fans. It's just like pandemonium, but except there's like 250,000 of them. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's yeah, it's bigger. (laughs) Yeah, it's just more, but it's like that intensity (laughs) level. Yeah, yeah, but just like multiply the number of people because it's like the whole country. Yeah, they're all there because that's the day. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. So, so yeah, so I mean, uh, getting back to seven when you know you see the you see the struggle for Gunther, and at a certain point, you know, and I think he said it himself in there. It was, it's like he's got to make a call between being around people that he really likes and keeping the team going and that's his call to make and at a certain point you got to do what you got to do and um it's uh you know it's i imagine a hard decision to make um i wish that they went with a different driver than the one that they got but right you know we'll see what happens there Um, yeah i mean that's gonna be one of the big, I think, long-term stories of the season because, yeah. uh, you know, for those who don't know, we're talking about uh, Nikita uh, Mazepin, who uh, had some, like, I would say pretty serious, like, uh, sexual misconduct, sexual assault allegations uh, thrown yeah. at him. And so there's a large contingent of, there's just a large contingent of F1 fans who are just like, he shouldn't be yeah. in the sport. He should lose that seat because of what happened. Yeah. And beyond that, like, not to say that this is more important than that, but like, in addition to, he's not that good of a driver. Like he didn't, he finished in like fifth or sixth in the F2 championship last Mm -hmm. year, which like typically for anybody that doesn't know, like I've kind of been learning if you're not first or second in the championship for F2, you're probably not going to drive an F1. Right. Like you have to be, a champion in F2 before you make it into F1. Yep. And this dude's in like fifth or sixth. And when he drives, he does so many illegal things and gets mm-hmm. black flagged all the time because he blocks people dangerously. He doesn't give people room to pass. And then even in, in testing this year, yeah, he was all over the track driving against people. And they're like, what's he doing? Like they're trying to figure out how their aerodynamics are working. And yep. he's like defending. Yeah. You know, like he's a, he's, he's just a bad driver and anybody that is right now doing what I was doing, shrugging their shoulders, like, why the fuck is he in F1 then? It's because he's got a lot of money and mm-hmm. he brought a lot of money with him and that money's going to go to Haas. And, you know, for Gene, maybe I think that it's one of those things where he will think to himself, oh, well, people will change their opinions of him once he starts winning or like once we do better or once we get right. you know in top or, 10 or like you know we we can break him of his bad habits and like yeah we can, we can bring him yeah and, and people would cheer for for us if we're doing well and mm-hmm. it's like i think that what they fail to recognize is if if he wasn't a dick and came in and was still like the sixth place guy but like wasn't a douchebag and came mm-hmm. in and they started doing well people would be like okay yeah. But like if they finish if he finishes like fifth this year, people will fucking boo him. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. nobody likes him there. 
Yeah. And, and it's so interesting because, you know, I think we speculated a lot last year um, that Haas was maybe going to, was going to look for like a more experienced driver because, you know, one of the reasons why uh, Roman Grosjean was on the team for as long as he was, is apparently he was really good at telling them what was wrong with the car, um, you know, and like actually giving feedback and suggestions and, you know, working with the engineers and everything to like try to make the car better. Yeah. There's no, but you have two rookies, you know, one of who is one of, you know, in Schumacher probably belongs in F1, totally feels mm-hmm. like here in deceit. Um, he's probably not the worst driver on the grid. Well, he won the championship last year. Right, right. I, I'm just saying, like, even if it wasn't, for, you know, if... Uh, yeah, yeah. If, like, he would be coming in, like, I would rank him against George uh, George Russell. You know what I mean? I'd be like, oh, oh but easy. those two easily could be... Yeah, real quick. You know? Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, but there's no experienced driver at Haas now so like I don't know how good the feedback they're going to get on the car is and Mm -hmm. you know I mean we've already seen it like with the design of the 2021 Haas car it's like it's got the Russian flag all over to the point where it's under investigation and it yeah you know it's like it's it's one of those things where the whole rich energy thing we were all like oh like that's a weird thing like can't believe that happened to like you know a major sports team and now it's like maybe there's a pattern of like people just making bad decisions behind the scenes, like off the track. It just really like I I don't know what it is. Like I know that Gene Haas is like a super experienced like businessman and race 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 team owner. I don't know. I just I don't know. It's um, it's a it's a fishy situation. Yeah, um, and it just you know I. I think that, look, one of two things is going to happen. Uh, I mean, they either keep him or they don't, right. you know? Yep. And, and like, hey, let's, you know, to, man, I don't even want to be that person. I, like, I'm not trying to give him a chance, but it's like, he's young. He's an idiot. He fucked up really bad. I don't think he should have the privilege of an F1 seat. But since he has it, like in some, you know, in the best possible case scenario, they can help him become a better person. Like maybe somehow being surrounded by the Lewis Hamiltons and Sebastian Vettels of the world where they're like, hey, dude, that shit isn't going to fucking fly here. He can grow up somehow to become a not douchebag. Yeah, it's hard because when you like rank international douchebags, like, you know, son of a Russian oligarch is like really high on the list of like. You're up there, dude. Yeah, you're up there. <laughs> like, you're really coming from behind on trying to not be a douchebag. Yeah, yeah. You it's know? not going to be fucking easy. Like, you're the kind of guys that John Wick beats up. Like... Yeah, they kicked the. Yeah, he's the guy that stole John Wick's car. Right. So, him up. so it's like you're really coming from behind he's got a long way to go just, to rehab yeah, his image I, i'm just trying to you know like i've my goal for this year was try to be as much like mr rogers as possible in every possible scenario and like man it's hard sometimes because you want to be like dude oh, you're this close you know yeah it's like i it's it's not that i want to give him 
a chance or a second chance or however you want to label it. No, I, I no. do want to give him the opportunity to redeem himself is how I want that's to phrase it. it. Yeah, that's a great that's a great way of putting it. You yeah. know, like we're not we're not, no we're not starting him at zero. You know what I mean? Like we're right. starting yeah. him like he's in the red. He's got to get back to. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. And he's, yeah. he's got a long fucking way to go. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with performing well at races. Nothing. It has. Um, well, right. It has. I mean, my, my point is, if he finishes yeah. in fifth, I'm not going to be like, oh, he's not so bad. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. If he, um, right, it, it's not about his where he finishes the race; it's how he races. Uh, yes, that yes. that, that yes. is part of what matters. That's what I was trying yeah. to say. Is 100%. that like, you know, if he, yeah, if he is coming, if if he's you know dive bombing people and ends up in fifth because there's only five cars that finish the race and he has 18 minutes of penalties. Yeah. That doesn't count. Fucking dingling, <laughs> like that's not gonna work. Right, <laughs> that's not, not how any of this works. Yeah. Oh um, man. You know, and I think I think this episode again, like we were talking about making Gunther Steiner less of a character. I do think this episode does this lays that same track for Roman Grosjean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think after I mean after his accident anyway, we had sort of officially retired our Roman Grosjean award. Um, yes. but guess what? Yes. It's definitely the maze of pin. <laughs> oh, it is year. the maze of pin award hundred percent. And to be fair, I think, uh, when we made the Roman Grosjean award, I was still very uneducated. I'm still very uneducated about F1, but I was right. a little less educated. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, Roman Grosjean, while not a very good driver was a good dude. Def- he's definitely. A good dude. Yeah. He's, he's a, a good, good dude. dude. Yes. Uh, was a good, but like, was a good, he was a good presence uh, in the sport. And they made him the like the leader of the drivers team yep. thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he was the he was him and Sebastian Vettel were the heads of that. Yeah, so. and they were for like a couple seasons in a row. Like it wasn't Yeah, yeah. Now it's uh Seb and um oh I just saw who took Grosjean's spot. Um <sighs> shit. Maybe it was no, I don't think it was signs. Somebody else. Somebody took, uh, but somebody took his spot, and it was cool. I was like, "Oh, that's pretty rad." Maybe Gasly. Uh, I'm, I'm looking it up real quick. Yeah, look it up. But uh, while you're looking that up, um, yeah, that shit's now the Mazepin Award, and uh, I can't wait to award the first Mazepin Award to probably going to be Mazepin. Yep. This weekend, when we go to fucking Bahrain, you get to watch a race. I am I'm so excited. I'm like so I, excited. I cannot wait to um to like to watch a race. Uh, like I am nervous with how excited I am. I might do something rash. Uh, uh gonna be how, how rash? I mean, who knows? You know, things could get weird. Things could be weird fast. Like things like things might get out of hand. Because I'm just gonna want to watch a race. Uh, okay, that that article's from three years ago. That does not help me. That's not it. That's um, not the one I saw. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, now it's for Roman Grosjean. Um, yeah, no. Uh, it's at 11 a.m. this this Sunday on the East Coast where we are. Sweet. I can't uh, wait. I can't wait. Um, right. So then, episode eight is called No Regrets. Yeah. Oh, real quick. Did you want to oh. touch on um, the fact that Kimmy 
Raikkonen exists and they were like how do you feel about interviews and he went I hate them and that was the end of the Kimmy segment <laughs> yes that was great I I mean I love Kimmy Raikkonen I think everybody does love it's him, like dude. he's just, he's just great he's um, the fucking best do you like interviews no no and it seems cool. like he's one of the few people that um like don't participate because they don't want to yeah like yeah. they're just, just like they're like we'll uh, pay you he's like that's fine i don't care i don't i don't need money i have cars <laughs> yeah i'm fine uh but yeah and it, again it was cool seeing like giovanazzi's face and he's just like this little like i don't know he he reminds me of like a kid i went to high school with like <laughs> <laughs> yeah right he's just this happy italian dude who's like i get to race in a plan yeah like, and i don't I, know how i got like, here but okay <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I went to a Catholic high school, so that's like literally it was like twenty five percent of the kids were like that Italian. Yeah, they were all Giovanazzi's. And, yeah, and Conti's and yeah, dude, I uh, I loved it. I and like it's funny. He's he's totally the dude that's like the confused guy in a sweater at like a Slayer concert who didn't know like he's wearing a button up in his sweater and he, he was like ah here we're going to like a music show <laughs> <laughs> and they're like yeah here the fuck we are watching Slayer and he's like oh cool like just glad to be here yeah like, he's yeah he's the dude that's just happy he got invited <laughs> exactly and you know what this like I knew nothing about him like really yeah. before this episode and I'm now like oh I, I like that guy like he's yeah, he's cool <laughs> yeah like, all right you know, sure, and like man. seeing him with his family and they're just, you know, and again, like I I do enjoy when they conform to stereotypes like this, them being like Europeans where like his mom is like, E, you look so thin. And I'm like, oh my God, this is just like watching Goodfellas. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the same thing. It's the same. You know. but, uh, but yeah, man, episode eight, no regrets. Oh man. Eesh. This. Eesh. This is, is probably uh, my favorite episode of the season, actually. Oh, dude, it was uh, it was an incredible episode. I absolutely love this episode uh, a lot. It was, um, yeah, tell me about it. Tell me why you loved it so much. Yeah, so the first time I watched it, I was like, you know, following along. And I was like, oh, like, it's interesting seeing it. And then watching rewatching it today, I was like, just got total for whatever reason the second time it just hit me that much stronger where it was like really about the relationship between Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris and how you know we all saw in the 2018 season uh that like they had like one of the journalists that's part of Drive to Survive like is like oh it was like a bromance like it's a weird it's a rare thing in Formula One that you have two teammates who like don't really see themselves as rivals are trying to help each other get better are learning from each other like really um you know being real teammates and just like genuinely enjoying working together and everything and then you know as soon as science gets that ferrari seat it's like everything has changed between oh yeah and seeing them go from friends to rivals and like, especially as, you know, Lando has the streak of, I'm just going to call it good luck. And science sure. has the streak of bad luck. And, you know, that changes the way McLaren treats them as who the top driver is. And they're so close in, I feel yeah. like 
you know, in talent and ability and the, how much they get out of that McLaren car, you know, and then immediately I started thinking like, how is it like, I wonder what Lando and Danny Ricardo are going to be like together yeah. next season. Well, that's the thing is like, everybody loves Danny. Yep. And everybody loves Lando. And mm-hmm. I feel like the two of them together is going to be complete madness. Yep. But Danny's a little bit older than Carlos. Mm-hmm. So like him and Lando are, are different in age. Um, I think too. Um, and I wondered what you thought about this. Cause I, I had this thought when I was watching it and I wrote it down. Do you think that Lando's streak of good luck and Carlos' streak of bad luck is because Carlos was leaving the team? I don't. I don't think so. Um, I mean, like, not that they would like sabotage his car, but if they're like, you know, if they have, you know, maybe eighty hours to put into the car from mm-hmm. one race to the next. Like, are they going to put 60 of those hours into Lando's and 20 into Carlos? Yeah, I, I don't think so. The same way that I could totally see Mercedes doing that. Um, because just being a midfield team, like they're clawing for everything that they can get. Mm-hmm. And like the only reason they finished third in the Constructors' Cup is because of Racing Point getting penalized for their car. So yeah, that's true. So it, it's like, I just think there's so much on the line for them that like, I don't think they could fuck around the way that like Mercedes can afford to like sigh up Bottas into like getting back in line because they're like, Toto's like, we are Mercedes, like we could do whatever we want. Like, <laughs> um, I've been working on Toto all day. Dude, it's uh, really good. It's really you. good. <laughs> it's it's like basically it. just like a slightly tweaked Schwarzenegger. Like he's yeah, dude, really... You just have to go as as Terminator as you can. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, um, like once in a while, throw in a chuckle. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I, I just don't, I don't think that McLaren again. Like I just don't think they can afford to fuck around that way. They can't, dude. They can't. You're right. I just I guess I just looked at it as a sense of like. But man, but again, like you know, if if a formula one race is that perfect sort of union between man machine and team behind them, you know, science leaving does create tension there between oh, yeah. him yeah. and the rest of the team, you know, same thing. We saw uh, Ricardo struggle for the first half yeah. of the season. And then, you know, same thing with uh, science, like that once they sort of settled in and I guess they work through whatever those, you know, that awkwardness is, well, I think that's that awkwardness is what kind of killed Ferrari all year. Yeah. You know, like that they couldn't they couldn't get past that awkwardness. And at least we did see Renault get past it, but that's mm-hmm. because it's Danny Ricardo. Mm-hmm. And he can show and be like, hey, like and, and like great, I know? think we saw like, he put effort into actively yeah. cha- trying to change I got their two minds. Podiums. Yeah. But <laughs> okay. I mean like even like you know, he put in the work to repair that relationship. Right, right. And Carlos, everybody likes Carlos Mm -hmm. a lot, and everybody likes Lando a lot, so it's kind of hard not to. But, like, Seb is kind of a tough old man. Yeah. So it's not surprising, but... uh... But so, yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was I was gonna say just we we talked a little bit about what we think Danny and Lando will be like together, which I think is gonna be utter chaos because I feel like Lando has chaos. been successful enough to be like, no, I should be the number one driver. Like I'm the veteran McLaren driver. Yeah. You know, and Ricardo obviously is only gonna go to that team to be the number one driver. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I think be- we'll see. Yeah, who gets who gets uh, the top spots for the first couple races? Because I, I think at the I'm age of bet. like, um, oh, go ahead. oh, I was gonna say like, I feel like at the age that Lando is now, he's a better driver than Ricardo was at that same age. Fair, that's fair. But I think that Ricardo is a better driver now than Lando is. Totally agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're on the same page. I think uh, I know that I'm not allowed to make early predictions because we're gonna have a whole prediction episode, but. I think Ricardo is going to get fourth place at Bahrain. That would be insane. Yeah. I think he's um, going to get fourth place and I think everybody's going to be like, Oh shit. I have, I had a good feeling about McLaren this year. I have a really good feeling about McLaren this year. Like I think yeah. they are, well, again, we're not going to get into predictions right now, but I we think can't. That, <laughs> we'll go too deep. We'll be here till like midnight. I think, I think we'll be on the podium a couple of times. Um, oh yeah. Easily. Yeah. Uh, and maybe McLaren's definitely going to hit podium, and maybe more than that. But uh, you know, and I, I liked how this whole episode was about that theme of um, teammates, decision making, personal relationships. Like one of the things they highlight early is you know the we see one that one of the races that they're focusing on McLaren. You know, in sort of the background of the episode, uh, Leclerc and Seb take each other out for like one of the three yeah. times they did. Yeah, you know, which and, was almost every time was Leclerc's fault. Yes, totally. Cause he would dive in, in the first corner and he would get in there, but, but yeah, you were saying. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, it's a good warning for like McLaren to be like, look, we can't, we can't do what those guys do, which is take each other out. Like we have to both keep finishing together. And I really liked the way that this episode actually did follow a lot of the season and it would yeah. show like, Oh, like Lando's fifth in the points and uh and science's eighth, and then like how it would change over the course of the season that they eventually got closer and closer together. Yeah. You know, I, I really like that team. I really like what they've built there. Uh, again, like I think they are the top mid-tier team. Um yeah. especially after I think that that's after, yeah, after last season, they kind of officially are, you know. But uh I I I'm curious to see because there's I mean we can't we can't get into we can't I do have one one 2021 really a question for you for this episode. Oh okay one we'll more, get there. Which um, is how do you feel about are are you good with episode eight? Uh I am. I've I've one more thing on episode eight that I want to ask you about. Oh, and that's what this is that's what this question is. Yeah. I'm thrilled. Okay. Um what do you think the science Leclerc uh, team is going to look like next year at Ferrari? Uh, I think that that 100% depends on the car. Okay. Um, I think that that depends on what uh, Bonato does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that I think going into it, they are going to have a better relationship with one another than Leclerc and Seb did. That being said, I think Leclerc and Seb had a really good relationship. Mm-hmm. I think they had a great friendship, uh, a great mentorship. Um, and I really think that they will, like, we will continue to see Leclerc and Seb hanging out and like talking. And I think that they'll, I think that they'll be friends for a long time, but I think because, Carlos and Leclerc are so much closer in age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Leclerc's won some races. 
Uh, Carlos has gotten a couple of podiums. You know, they are, and they're both in a car that I think this car has more questions than any other car uh, mm-hmm. on the track this year. Um, like more people are, are confused. And I, I think everybody just wants to know what the Ferrari is going to look like. Right. Yeah. Um, besides ugly. Yeah. Besides, <laughs> besides a terrifying looking little piece of shit. Um, it's yeah. I, I So I think that they are going to have a really good friendship. I think Leclerc, I like to think he learned a lot after last year um, and the accidents he caused, especially considering like, the outcomes they could have had like the one the one where he crashed max out uh was the one where george was in the mercedes and the mercedes screwed up that uh screwed up their pit changes so bad yeah yeah and like and that's like one that max and leclerc could have easily been on the podium Mm -hmm. totally so yeah so i think you know when you when you kind of look at it like that i hope that he learned a lot and i think him and carlos being closer in age Put it this way, I think that this season, if the car is still not great, if it's still not on point, then it'll mostly be just them being cool. And like, I don't think you'll see any major uh, feathers being ruffled. Mm-hmm. In 2022, when all the new rules come into play, if that car is better, because like they even said, like we're focused on the 22 car, like we're not even really thinking about 21 if it's more of a one of us is going to be in second place, one's going to be in third, I think you're going to see a real fight. I think you're going to see real fireworks. So it's, it's so exciting. Uh, Yeah. That was a long answer, but I think that's, but like, to be fair, that's the, that's the team that I'm most excited to see, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Well, that's not fair. I guess I'm kind of excited to see all of them, but like, that's where the questions are for me. He's like, yeah. what's Ferrari going to look like? Ferrari feels like the biggest unknown. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, because even again, like Aston well, Martin and Alpine are like, those are like, they seem like they'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, m- again, more of this when we start actually doing our I know, 21, I know. Uh, 2021 season predictions. Series, we, could, we could, we could keep going. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The, the other thing, the one other thing about episode eight that I just want to touch on was, you know, being an F1 driver is sort of like being, you know, a movie star or like, like one of these people where there's so many people that are depending on you and the decisions you make about how you want to live your life. Yeah. That like seeing that with science and like him and his dad together and his dad's talking about like, you have to, you know, you have to trust your own instincts. Like you have to do the thing that you think that you should do, not because, you know, because you can trust yourself to make the right decision and you can just see how like he's watching Ferrari, the Ferrari fans are watching him and like, he's still trying to race at McLaren and like all, like you can just see how all this stuff would be a distraction. And then like, it's him and his dad driving in a Volkswagen and science is like, Oh yeah. People always want to know like what kind of car I drive. Do I have like a Ferrari or like a McLaren or whatever? And he's like, I have a golf. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have a Volkswagen golf, you know? And it's, it's so interesting um, just like seeing how like he actually seems pretty down to earth in a way that he seems like a very chill guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he seems very kind of like away from the superstardom. Like he, 
like he kind of doesn't want it but for some reason because i feel like i feel like badass is kind of the same way but for some reason people gravitate towards carlos signs i feel like science like i just think he shows his want to win on the track better like he's it's like he's almost more like a kimmy where like you know it's not like kimmy's not trying to win every race but like i don't know he he'll he make kimmy makes you pass him that's what i mean yeah he doesn't give up a spot you right. have to pass him yeah that's what i mean like he's out there trying to win like he's doing his yeah. best like he is being that sort of like aggressive driving that we expect and i feel like carlos like they 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 both like i could see science in the future the season of drive to survive being like no i, I don't want to do an interview and just yeah leaving. yeah you know, yeah. because he doesn't want to. And right now, like, I'm glad that we get this look at him. Because, again, like, I find learning about more, learning more about all these guys, like, pretty endearing. And, like, now I, like, you know, again, like, I root for everybody on the grid. Oh, yeah. You know? For sure. All uh, 19 of them. Yep. <laughs> all 19 F1 drivers that are driving this year. Uh, <laughs> uh, did you want to just roll and talk through the last two episodes? Because I feel like they cover a lot of ground, but they're not as deep as these first eight. Is this going to be the four episode episode? Yeah, I think so. Pumped. I'm in. Let's All do right, it. Let's do it. Uh, uh, episode not. I feel. Uh, I. All right. Maybe I'm going to fuck this up. Can we do ten and then nine? Uh, is that stupid? We'll do nine. So yeah, let's talk nine because not they, man on it, fire. They're really one long episode to me. It really is. Yeah. 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 Man on fire. Uh, so uh, this is like the big one like i feel like this is for better or for worse like because it makes me feel weird uh, like whenever people are like oh you like racing like you must like enjoy the crashes and i'm like god no the crashes are like fucking terrifying like the worst part it's actually the worst part yeah like the worst part of any race is the time when like two cars make contact and we don't know what's happened yeah like at like afterwards when i know that like everybody's fine i can go back and i can watch the footage and be like that is some crazy shit. I can't believe those people walked away. Yeah. But I still don't like enjoy it. You know what I mean? No, I never enjoy. I mean, and it's always exciting, like, especially the beginning of a race, like mm-hmm. you know, whenever he's in a giant pack and they dive into the first corner. And, but like the thing is, and I think the thing that makes, uh, you know, the, the reason that I think American car auto racing is so different and, uh, is because like you watch NASCAR to watch them bang into each other, you know. Right. They, like right. contact to, is a part of yeah the way those cars are. I yeah. happen to flip on uh, one of the races from this year so far at night, and like one of the cars was they were just ripping the bumper off. Mm-hmm. And they're like, keep going, you know. Mm-hmm. If you fucking kick one of these F1 cars <laughs> too hard, like you can't drive it anymore. Right. And the the thing that I think is fascinating and like the the reason that I love F1 so much, you know, comparatively, is because they have to not touch in like they have to drive perfectly. They have to be mm-hmm. perfect in these cars. And they yep. have to, you know, because they're so delicate and because they're such super machines, like they it is the greatest thing on four wheels that can be built by people. And one person has to control it mm-hmm. at the edge of what's possible for a vehicle to do. Yep. And uh, and so like that's why, you know, it's horrifying when these things crash because they don't just like bounce into a wall. 
they hit a wall at fucking 150 miles an hour after sliding out of a curve mm-hmm. and like the car fucking splatters into a thousand pieces. Yep. Um, and I mean, like, and all things considered, you know, knowing the history of, of autosport in general, but especially of Formula One, man, a lot of people have died doing this. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is wildly dangerous because of the cars. And so, like you said, you know, even when, uh, I forget which race it was that Leclerc hit the wall that was like later in the year, mm-hmm. but man, he hit that wall hard and it was like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Like, and that, yeah. that scared me. Like it, like whenever it happens, it's like, mm, you know, like, I, I mean, when this Grosjean crash happened, like, I remember, like, the, like, bottom fell out of my stomach, where I was just, oh, like... Oh, yeah, I shouted. Yeah, and I, I I just, like, couldn't, like, I all, you know, my brain immediately was like, oh, my God, like, Grosjean is dead. Like... He's dead, yeah. You know, yeah. I don't, I, I still, don't, again, I still don't know how somebody walked, because, you know, for people who may have not seen it... Um, that car got ripped in half and he went through a metal like guardrail and it exploded in right. fire. Right. Yeah. Um, like it's... which fire. And that's the thing not to cut you off. Yeah, fire, fire is something that doesn't happen to F1 cars anymore. Right. You know what I mean, like they might flip over or like hit something and there might be like a small fire that kind of happens and they're like, Ooh, got to put that out. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. somebody comes against it. This exploded in such a giant fireball that it immediately like you said it was like oh he's dead you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. the minute that you saw that fireball it's like oh grosjean just died yeah and like just from like the combination of the fire just the force yeah uh that he hit the barrier with like just the whole thing like you could see the back half of the car on fire yeah. on the track not attached to the first the front half of the car. right yeah 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 the which car was on the other, other side, side of the fucking metal barrier yeah because it went through that shit yeah and it was yeah that was shocking it it was absolutely shocking and then seeing it here it was like the combination of you know seeing the footage of the accident but then hearing the driver the other driver's radios while they yeah. were being pulled over for the red flag and they're all asking like what's going on is Grosjean okay did he make it out yeah like I can't imagine just like having to run the rest of that race oh yeah well the the thing that got me you know it wasn't even so much the drivers asking if he was okay it was their point person saying I don't know you know like we don't have any information yet just you know red flag just pull over we don't know we don't know what's happening pull into the pits yeah and like because the thing is the driver and that must have been so much scarier in that moment because the drivers are in a car Mm -hmm. and they just saw in the rear view mirror a big fireball happen and they're like oh shit you know Mm -hmm. the guys that they're asking have video right right replaying it they are watching it and they can see what's happening and they don't and they don't know you know what i mean so like the minute the minute that I think the drivers asked them, they're saying they don't know. It's like, oh my God, you know what I mean? Like that must be it. And what got me too was that they didn't, like I knew it was bad because they didn't immediately replay it. Yep. You know? Yep. They wouldn't replay it on TV. And they they cut away from the whole scene of the accident until he had gotten out of the car. 
Yeah. Which is the most miraculous shit. I kind of, that's the one thing I really didn't like about this episode was that like they made it seem like he was in the burning car for 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, he was in a burning car for what was it like two two minutes two or, minutes 37 seconds something like that yeah something like that like yeah. two and a half minutes on Which fire a long time with, but yeah, with yeah. fucking jet fuel you yeah. know um and he was i mean but the fact that he got out of there and managed to jump out of that car and get away and then like they showed his helmet and his suit and like and it was burnt to a crisp Mm -hmm. but he was fine you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. he burnt his hands up pretty good and like burnt like fucked up his foot but other than that he was like he walked out of that crash yeah and like took his helmet off and was like that was pretty (laughs) fucked up like (laughs) yeah like holy shit you know and and then to see him sit there, like it's it's great in this episode. I love that they brought his wife in with them, mm-hmm. and we're like, "Are you good?" And she was like, "Yeah, that's that's a lot. Like that's a lot to experience. It's a lot to watch." Yeah. And and just hearing him talk about it and just be really you know honest and just explain like this is what I was thinking. Like I literally thought I was dead until yeah. I felt the um you know the emergency response guy like grabbed my shoulder like i thought i was you know like leaving my body basically yeah and you know seeing him you know in the one of the first interviews that he gave after it happened where his hands are all taped up and Mm -hmm. you know he's basically like yeah i'm I'm okay and you know them talking about uh their kids and and him really like because this this was the same weekend, but basically the first race after he found out that he wasn't driving in F1 next season. And so the combination of those two things, like just, he gives a really honest reflection on how much he loves the sport while knowing how dangerous it is Mm -hmm. and thinking that like, Hey, maybe like, like he doesn't say it this way, but almost it's like, what if this was a sign where it's like, this is my time to, Time to be done. Step away from F1 and, you know, think about what I'm going to do. And I think, you know, it just comes across so well. Like, I actually wish this whole episode was about Grosjean. Because that's that's my other big thing with this episode is that, like, they they do spend a lot of time on it. I feel like they were, you know, they're setting up these other narratives about not just Haas, but, you know, about Checo losing his ride, about Albon not being in, in the sport uh, this this year, and the guys who are, like, still trying to get a ride and all that kind of stuff. And then at the end, they're like, oh, by the way, like, Hamilton got COVID and George Russell is driving for Mercedes for this race. And yeah. it's like, it, 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 and, like, episode 10 goes even further, where it gets pretty disjointed in trying to wrap up all these different things that they were setting up the whole season. Yeah. But, like, to me, this was the episode where you, like, go, no, like, this this whole episode is just about like this incident. And like, I wanted to hear more about, like I wanted more interviews from other drivers and like, uh, team well, from the safety personnel, you know, I yeah. wanted to oh, hear yeah, more totally. from the safety personnel yeah. that, that saved him, you mm-hmm. know, and, and wanted to hear from the people who spend their entire lives making sure that, you know, somebody can be in this horrendous accident and survive and like the safety measures that they've added in place. And like, this would have been a great spot for them to touch on like races of the past when in like, Oh, 1970s, like we lost 30 drivers in a matter of a few years, you know, Mm -hmm. like 
they could have really, I think, especially if they're trying to attract a new audience, they could have really done more to kind of educate about like, hey, this is why this is not like the exciting fun thing we were saving for the last episode. Well, like, we want you to know yeah. how close. Like right. how close. exactly. And how serious it is. And to your point, like, you know, like how much safety has improved. And I mean, you could easily turn this one incident into like a 90 minute documentary easily. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Absolutely. But to and like the the other thing I was gonna say is like from an editor standpoint, I think that where they screwed up was, like I said, like they made it seem like he was in the car for 15 minutes. So like car on fire shot for 10 seconds, 10 seconds of Lewis Hamilton already with his helmet off, already sitting and like watching the TV reacting. Mm-hmm. So like people think like, oh, like he's been in this car on fire for, for right. yeah, yeah, 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. And it's like I, if I was in any way involved in directing or editing this, I'd have been like, no, no, no. Keep the footage just on him and put a little timer in the bottom. Yeah, corner. I was, I was, I was just thinking that put a timer in the bottom corner from the moment of the crash that he's on fire and actually count how long he's in there and don't cut to anything else. And then after that mm-hmm. cut to the reaction shots of other people, yeah, like yeah. you said, like do a reaction shot of Hamilton and have him say a couple words about it, do a reaction shot of, of uh, Gunther and have him say yeah. something about it, you know, like, do all that stuff after, but just spend two and a half minutes watching this car burn and watching these people try to save this guy. Yeah. Cause when you don't edit it, it feel you that that two, that two and a half seconds feels like 15 minutes when it's unbroken. Yeah. You no. Know? Uh, Cause that, that tension just rat, ratchets up and ratchets up just based on how things are edited. I did really love the uh, Gunther talking to uh, one of the safety personnel being like hey tell me the name of the person who was there with that fire extinguisher because they were (laughs) they did an incredible job and i want to make sure that they get recognized for it like yeah you know and you know the the race after it happened like they had interviews with all those guys you know the the doctor that was helping him like you know those people i mean i think rightfully are basically heroes because like that's it's one of those things where you they like train and practice for all this stuff that they hope never happens and then when it does happen they're there and they execute and everything went perfectly. Like, you know, it's, it was uh, flawless and they did such a good job. And I mean, like that's the difference between even like when Nikki Lauda caught on fire, they showed a picture of his helmet and Grosjean's helmet next to one another. And Nikki Lauda obviously suffered horrible mm -hmm. burns and Grosjean didn't. And they were like, that's what we did in the last 30 years. You know, like that's the difference. That's what we've been working on. Right. The fact that, you know, Grosjean still looks like himself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is just amazing. And, you know, the, the fire suits are incredible. Again, like the way the car is constructed. Yeah. Um, you know, I, but I, I would also I, love I, to know like more about why that happened. Yeah, exactly. I think that if they were going to spend an episode on, the, I, I guess they just sensationalized it too much. Like, because that was sort of the one thing that, the the teaser at the end of every episode was like and this happens later this season yeah and it's like you know they sensationalized it and like you said like people that don't know the sport or don't appreciate the sport think it's cool when the when they crash and it's like or, no no, or, no. Like, or they think or they think we think it's cool which is worse, yeah like maybe. we're waiting for that to happen yeah and it's like right. no like no. not at all uh but they you know they um 
they just i i wish that if they were going to spend an episode on this it's like you said they spend it talking about like how it happened why it happened who saved the guy and how they made it so that he could walk out of there and like live to see another day pretty much practically kind of unscathed mm-hmm. um and if that's going to be what you talk about that's what you should be with so that should be what they talk about not like you know 15 minutes of people thinking that he's on fire and, and horrifying like imagery um because then you're you're right like then it's like oh by the way uh hamilton has covid russell's going to be in here mercedes screwed up uh somebody else won and a few guys don't have seats yeah okay next episode no, right sorry. it was like wait what it I, I like wasn't I wasn't ready to come back into everything else because again it's like they I feel like they end that whole segment with Grosjean and his wife and they're asking yeah. her like how she feels and she's like trying not to just ball her eyes out on camera yeah. and then they're like and there's been a big change up at Mercedes and you're like what no what the fuck <laughs> yeah it's like wait huh like yeah it was so it was so strange that they just kind of like threw all that stuff in there at the end like you said just kind of smushed it all together and then unfortunately i think that that carried right over into 10 yeah no i I think 10 suffers from that problem um and i think you know i I made a couple notes when i rewatched episode 10 and and one of them is that i feel like they didn't reflect on the season of formula one as a whole like they they like you know lando talked about mclaren season and you know they checked in with danny ricardo and he reflected on his last season with um uh with renault you know but they didn't talk about like how COVID affected the sport overall you know they didn't really go in they didn't do anything about you know uh the williams family no longer owning the williams team yeah what the fuck is that they just completely left out the fact that the the oldest family in racing, the only family in racing left, no yep. longer is a family in racing. Right. Like, you know, uh, Verstappen barely appears in the entire season. At all. He's barely there at all. And that's unfortunate because I think Verstappen was like the MVP of F1 last year mm-hmm. because he managed to be the only car, the only driver that could possibly compete with the Mercedes. And, and there's so much about his season that I'm still curious about in terms of like they had a bunch of mechanical issues. Like he had a bunch of DNFs that if they had been top five finishes, you know, the, the, at the very least, Hamilton wouldn't have quite ran away with it so much. Or he would, have, he would have given Bottas more of a run. Right, right. You know? Yeah, he, he could have made a real shot at second. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and he I mean and he had a win at the end of the season and they were like, "Yay." And that was the end of it. It was like 30 seconds where it's like, "Oh, Max won." Anyway. Right. Like, and, you know, and I know that Verstappen himself has been critical of the show in the past. I would hope as someone who, you know, uh makes critiques <laughs> in part of my professional life that like, you know, if I was working on Drive to Survive, I'd be like, "Oh, we need to like I would try to take that in stride and like basically like want to prove him wrong." not be like well we're just not gonna we're, we just won't talk to him next season because yeah, yeah i feel like you know after lewis hamilton verstappen is you know he he's the star driver you know mm-hmm. like i think seb is probably still a little bit more popular uh from being a world champion and everything well, i think he's more likable right um you know but in terms of like drivers that are exciting to watch like you wouldn't even know you you might not know max verstappen's name 
like if you just watched Drive to Survive. Yeah, like you wouldn't really if know. You went, yeah, if you went into this season, people would be like, "Oh, there's that other guy who won one of the races." Yeah, but like he's the other Red it. Bull. He's the other Red Bull driver. That's not Albon or Gasly. Yeah, or now you know, right now Checo. Yeah, but like uh, you know, not and not to drag on those guys and the, their the, their stories are super interesting. I'm glad we get to spend so much time with them. But it's like they yeah. don't like. I almost would have rather had like a Red Bull episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yo, P.S. Kind of cool though. What was it? The end of nine or beginning of ten when they had uh, what's his name called Checo, like at the interview. Yeah. Welcome him to Red Bull. I was like, oh shit! Like this is all happening right now. That's kind (laughs) of neat. Yeah, that was cool. Um, Yeah, yeah. But again, like I feel like you know, there's there's more to that story because you know they didn't really even focus on Checo with racing point too much because it was about lance stroll which again is like interesting but i don't know this series could be 20 episodes and i'd probably still be like well they left out like this really important thing that happened which is probably clearly they didn't talk about enough shit right (laughs) um you know and then to, to bring up a great point that you made about the first episode of the season when they should have done it or at least the second episode. Yeah, um, I think this is the this is my wrap up here is a, exactly what you're about to talk about. Yeah. Like this is the thing that it's like, okay, you guys really blew. You didn't stick the landing on this at all. Yeah. Like having literally because as soon as it started, I like paused it. So I was like, it feels like we're at the end of this episode. And it was literally five minutes left. Uh they focus in on Lewis Hamilton, they focus in on Black Lives Matter. They still don't even talk about the We Races One thing, which you would think, as like a you know something that's officially sanctioned by Formula One, you would think that they'd be like, "Look, guys, you have to like you have to talk about this at some point." Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Just to make the sport look good, but they don't like it, it. Was so weird because I started picking up on it again when I was watching episode eight because uh, Carlos Sainz had the um, uh like stop racism and you know we stand mm-hmm. against racism stuff like mm-hmm. on his wheel so when you were looking at like it through one of the onboard cameras it was like right in center frame um and i was like how do you not you know and there's so much interesting like there will be a great lewis hamilton documentary one day i like 100 percent. oh yeah oh um, yeah because there's so much footage out there clearly because like they show him as a little as an adorable little kid first of all yeah yeah Um, killing it you know and they're already talking about him being the only black driver and like he's still he's still that and that's something that he carries with him and like i you know i've read stories about and you know seen clips of how badly hamilton was treated when he first came into the sport and i'm there's certainly still a subset of F1 fans that don't like him simply because of his skin color. For sure. Yeah. I think that's absolutely true. Mazepin's probably one of them. Wow. Um, yeah. I'm going to, yeah. I'll throw him right under the bus. I'll call him a racist. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but maybe. See, Mr. Rogers, I got to get better at it. It's um, a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. But yeah, dude, like it was so, like it was almost. Like it would have been better if they just didn't mention it at all, or yeah. if like, or like if this whole last episode was about it, or at least a half hour of it, and mm-hmm. not just the last five minutes, because they just end the episode and it's like, that's it. Like that was literally one of the most important storylines of last season, and they're just like, 
Uh, and it feels like they spend, you know, they spend like five minutes on that. And then they, they also spend like a minute and a half on like the fact that Toto re-upped with the team that he co-owns with Mercedes. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, of course he fucking did. He owns <laughs> right. the team. Right. And I, I do love how he gives this whole little like, well, like, you know, I'm traveling like 350 days a year and like, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, but, you know, I still love doing it. And it's like, yeah. Also, I have $500 million and right. infant blood that I can have at my disposal. You know what I mean? Like, right. of course, yeah, of course like, he's fucking... He's like Bruce Wayne where he's like, you know, like, oh, they were they were going to kick me out of the hotel, so I bought it. Yeah, so I bought it. I bought the whole fucking thing. Yeah. And then I God, bought their children. That guy. <laughs> I bought their wives. <laughs> like, he just, he just does it, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I, so I did want to ask you, and this was sort of like benefit of the doubt for Netflix. If you thought that, um, uh, that it was a possibility that the reason that Lewis wasn't, that they didn't spend more time on it was because they just didn't have the time with him. You know what I mean? Like if he's that busy that they're like, look, you get him for 30 minutes, talk about whatever you got to talk about and get it done. But my counter to that is that this is so important to Lewis that if they had yeah, said he would have been we, like, I'll make time. Exactly. He would have made the time. He would have yeah. like, they would have, he would have been, uh, you know, like those clips of him driving in the car with his trainer. Yeah. Yeah. Like they yeah. could have just yeah. had him talk about it when, yeah. it, whenever, like, that's the thing. Like it's so like, cause I was, I was talking to somebody uh, I work with today about uh, formula one and trying to remind them that it's not Southern people. Uh <laughs> like nascar and i was like no it's europeans um and there's also problems with race but not in a different way um yeah but i was like showing them i was like looking up pictures of like lewis hamilton uh and you know so many of them from this year were like anytime he was wearing a mask he was wearing like a black lives matter shirt or a justice for george floyd shirt like or justice you know arrest the cops that kill Breonna taylor like Mm -hmm. you know and i think that is again like i feel like our perceptions americans is distorted because you know that was the that was the major news here Um, yeah i mean that that is the that is the giant news and and that's the thing that like in america where uh it's it's very 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 much equivalent to when um oh god i feel so rude the quarterback for the niners um colin kaepernick took Uh, yeah yeah like it's very much when Colin Kaepernick took mm-hmm. a knee, except if Colin Kaepernick was the only black guy in all of the NFL. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and and the NFL actually like listened to him and did a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that the reason, and I don't want to take anything from Colin Kaepernick and give it to Lewis. I think the reason that all of this happened with F1 and Lewis is definitely because of what Colin Kaepernick did. Um, you know, he walked, he walked so that they could run sort of deal. Uh, but, um, you know, even that being said, if Lewis Hamilton wasn't in F1, we would not have seen any of that this year. Oh, not at all. Not at all. And the fact that he is the, you know, was at the time the six time world champion is now the seven time world champion and is, you know, arguably the greatest F1 driver of all time. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can't like they they weren't going to ignore him. And he was like, no, this is exactly what the fuck is going to happen. Right. And they jumped on board. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which good for them. But 
bad for Netflix because we should have spent more than five fucking minutes talking about it. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's really it's really disappointing again because I think it is such an interesting thing in the sport too because you know, like we said, motorsports as a whole, very white especially compared to a lot of other sports that like oh globally you yeah. know may not have diversity in the ownership levels but certainly have diversity you know uh on the playing field uh, yeah. both here and abroad but like you know it's such a no, huge... motorsports in general are white people yeah yeah and you know to have like again like i don't want to say that it's it's his burden to bear because it shouldn't be because it should be not a big like his you know the color of his skin shouldn't be a big deal but it is yeah. and that's the world that we live in and it's i genuinely found it inspiring to see him use his platform the way that he did and it it felt to me both genuine and brave yeah in a way that yeah. like this kind of celebrity sort of like i'm standing for a cause like doesn't usually land for me but uh with him like i i don't know i feel like you could just tell how much he was being affected by that you know and again like they didn't even focus on how much he was like he personally seemed affected by when chad chad boseman passed away yeah yeah. you know and he like dedicated that race performance to him like he did like the black panther like the the comic book character black panther like arm symbol um, yeah, yeah. because this is a podcast so i can't demonstrate that i'm doing that and not the <laughs> black, black panther party like uh power fist yeah yeah right uh the wakanda forever that that's yeah that's, that's what it. Call it. You <laughs> uh you know and i think the way that lewis hamilton sees himself as a you know a black celebrity on a worldwide scale i think is actually is super interesting and super I think it's relevant great. Yeah. And to be fair, like it's easy to hate Lewis Hamilton because he just wins all the, all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, he just constantly wins every single time. And when he doesn't win, he's probably in second place. And if he's, and if not that, then like his car broke. Right. Uh, And so it's, you know, it's easy to not like him because he is the front runner. Mm-hmm. but like especially after seeing him this season and him being like no like fuck like something's bothering me and i have a i have a global voice mm-hmm. that a lot of people are going to listen to and i don't care if they like it or not i'm going to use it to do the right thing and he did and like i you know it's impossible to not respect the guy as a racing driver but then after seeing him this year it's it's certainly impossible not to respect him as a person absolutely and i know that if we had started watching formula one six or seven years ago we would be the biggest lewis lewis hamilton fans in the entire united states probably like it's just the circumstance of how i psychologically react to coming to a new thing and being like oh you're the dominant person i'm for the underdog like again maybe it's the philly upbringing in me where it's like i need you know the the rocky again the eagles like yeah we're all underdogs in our city so like i'm like oh i can't root for like the dominant force oh yeah no if he was new you know if it had been his rookie season or like after the first time he won the championship like i said i would probably be a huge lewis hamilton fan and so for sure for sure again like i have nothing but the utmost respect and just I'm totally impressed by him as an athlete, but again, also as a person like me, you know, I root root against him on the track because I don't want him to win over the guys, the other guys that I like a little bit more on the track, but I have nothing but 
just again like i genuinely find what he did last season inspiring and just a personal way of like hey here's someone with you know with some kind of power and they're using it Mm -hmm. you know in in a way that is kind of selfless you know like there's something that he's really you know i mean you could you totally make the counter argument be super cynical about it but again i think you know and every time that he gave an interview and every time that you know on tv they lined up to you know do like a moment of silence and the people who wanted to kneel could kneel like that's that none of that would have happened without him and i think yep. bringing dragging the sport like forward you know uh, a century a half century in terms of like just awareness of diversity is yeah you know, it's everything it's, yeah everything. it's huge yeah no i uh yeah i loved it I, I respect the guy i just wish that they spent more time on it so uh what's your what's your rating of netflix drive to survive season three uh out of out of five i'm gonna go out of ten out of ten or you could do out of five and then use halves it's pretty much the same yeah i know it's whatever i, I just want to know what whatever you're gonna do so if i say like out of 47 all right out of 47 uh <laughs> uh but no no out of, out of 10 i would i feel like i want to give this season overall like a seven but knowing that like there's certain segments in here that are some of the best segments they've ever done but i feel like the episodes weren't as like cleanly edited you know what i mean like as as focused as as, as they have been i think if this season was episodes one through eight but put it this way if you asked me what my rating was after episode eight I would have given it an eight and a half. Yeah, that's yep, yep. After nine and ten, I'm I'm probably six and a half, seven. Yeah, because it's like they just not only did they not stick the landing, they fell on their goddamn face, and it's like. And I feel like if this was Drive to Survive season one, I don't know that we would get a season two, and I don't know that it, I would have become like an instant like diehard F one fan yeah like yeah putting in the time to do a podcast on it because again i just don't know that i've like i feel like watching that first season of the show like i felt like i had watched every race that season more or less yeah even though i know yeah. i even though i know i hadn't like i feel like you know watching that season and then jumping in to watch that uh australia grand prix in 2018 i was like oh i like i know all all of the drivers except mercedes and ferrari and i already know that they're the dominant teams it's like i'm right Right. like ready to go and i feel like you know i don't know if they're assuming that like oh it's a netflix show so you're gonna watch it from season one all the way through season three they better not i mean like this is a different animal you can jump in on any season mm-hmm. you know and all of a sudden like it's 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 a new thing like we were telling our friends it's like hey if you're gonna watch it just watch season three like it'll be fine you don't need the first two seasons like you can go back and watch them if you really want but all things considered you'll be fine with just watching three yeah and uh so yeah that's uh that's about it that's what i that's what i think about it yeah it's it's a bummer i feel like the whole it's also like the whole season kind of ends on like a down note when i feel like it should like you know i mean and again like there's so there's so much stuff in here that like i don't care about like yes there is part of me that i enjoy seeing uh lawrence stroll like approve the color green for the aston martin yeah like i mean but that's Who like, gives a shit? Yeah. right. Like Who make that the post credits. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, 
like that again that's like another they spent as much time on that as they did on lewis hamilton and yeah exactly yeah exactly it's just it's it's maddening like these last two episodes really just ended up rubbing me the wrong way especially yeah especially the last one so yeah so yeah but first eight episodes i really loved them yeah totally and i thought they got progressively get better i thought they just kept getting better yep uh but yeah, so that's season three. Drive that's to season three. Um, and uh, I can't wait because that means, are we doing a uh, prediction, season prediction episode? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do, a, we'll yeah, do season preview and prediction. I feel like we'll go through all 10 teams and just yes. briefly talk about uh, what we just generally like, do we think they're going to do well? What are we excited about? What are we worried about? Yes. And then we'll do our... Uh, our predictions for the drivers championship and the constructors championship did we do that last year and i just don't remember i don't remember offhand i, I know feel like i mean we I always know. do and then we fucking forget but this time uh we're gonna put them in a google doc uh, yes so we will keep track of them and check in at the end of last season yeah. this i feel is like the... covid messed up because again last season it screwed was us up so hard po- podcast we ended up doing two 2021 preview episodes yeah because uh, we did one in March and then one in like the end of June when they were coming back. Yeah, yeah. This um, is the uh, revitalized FIA F1. Mm-hmm. New year, new FIA F1. Exactly. Uh, so we'll, we'll be doing predictions. Uh, if you want to share uh, things that you're excited about or nervous about or something you want to predict for the 2021 season, you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at F. Yeah. Uh, wait, it's. What is it? You, you got it. it. Down. You got it. it. F1 pod. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, with yeah. the number one spelled out. O-N-E. Yeah. Um, so it, wait, no, it's the number one, isn't it? It's the number one. Yeah. I was God. like, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Doing so good. All right. I'm, I'm leaving that in. But again, if you want to share, <laughs> share anything about this coming season, that's about to start on Sunday with us. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at F yeah, F, F yeah, F1 pod. That's the numeric yes. one. Right. Uh, if you want to email us, it's uh, F yeah, F1 podcast. That has the number one spelled out. Yep. Cool. Got that right. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, man. And then, uh, yeah, hit us up. Let us know what your predictions are. Let us know what's going on. Um, yep. In the meantime, while you're, waiting for all that stuff to come out head up hit up the uh, other movie john podcasts uh mm-hmm. i saw it in a movie great one you guys Thank just you. had a great episode pop out thanks yeah we were talking um, about uh rosalie and i were hearing from someone who needs help with magic so we were recommending yeah recommending uh, magic movies killer bees just had a, a great series drop yeah, they did two episodes on John Saxon. They have their new episode drop right when we're recording this. Uh, Friends of the show, uh, Garrett Smith and Toria Potenza. Uh, that show is great. Like, I really yeah, enjoy it. Really like, cool. Because they go through actors' filmographies uh, who are, you know, not your A-list stars. But, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I know they have some really cool uh, people that they're covering coming up. And it's it's the kind of movie podcast that I really like because it is super informative. Like they definitely do their research, but it's also very conversation based where it's like, Oh, it's two people hang out talking about an actor. They both really like and running down a bunch of the movies that they like seeing them in. So. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I went, uh, I went on to Instagram to look at their website because or to look at their page, because I was trying to remember um, 
who their new series is about. It's Jill Shoellen. Um, but I put in K I L and it came up, but I hit L again. Cause I was going to type in killer bees and it stopped. And Twitter was like, or Instagram was like, do you need help? Like, are you okay? <laughs> What's going on? And I was like, no, I'm just looking for my friend's podcast. Um, <laughs> Mitchell Shoellen, uh, who did The Stepfather and Phantom of the Opera and When a Stranger Calls Back, which are some cool movies. So I think that's who their, their newbie is. Um, Sweet. But yeah, man, check out the other Movie John podcast. Hit us up and uh, we'll be back with predictions and uh, preview for this weekend. Which yeah. is only a few days away and I cannot wait to watch them race in Bahrain. Yeah, and then we'll be doing uh, our normal format, which is recapping uh, every race. So yes. uh, I'm so excited for them to be back. I'm so excited to watch this race. And I'm super excited to talk to you about it afterwards. Yeah, man. It's going to be so great. I cannot wait. So until then, uh, this has been FEF1. FEF1. Yeah,